Hello again, and welcome to episode two of the Mod Pod. We hope you enjoyed episode one, where we went over the philosophy of moderation. Um, and we also hope that you haven't waited too long for episode two. Uh, with me, as always, is my co-host, Kyrie. Yep, that's me. I'm Kyrie, your humble co-host. Excited this week to talk about getting started in moderation. With us today, we have Eliza, or eCook. Uh, she mainly mods and community manages for Classy Katie. She's also an eSports mod for DreamHack, FaceIt, and The International. She does charity and speedrun modding for things like uh, GDQ or Games Done Quick, ESA, Players vs. Cancer, and a bunch of other charity and speedrun organizations. She likes learning and setting up chatbots for people and helping new streamers get started. And she's been doing small stream moderation since around 2015. So uh, we're really happy to have you here. Thanks so much for uh, having me here today. And our other guest today is DJ. DJ has been one of the lead moderators for uh, the Discord moderator program on both the Reddit and uh, Discord mod teams. He's been a part of the program since 2017, which is, I think, an eon in the moderation world. And he's worked on everything from Valorant to Borderlands to a couple of Square Enix's servers and has really led, mentored, and uh, helped grow the, the program as a whole. So welcome, DJ. Hey guys, thanks for having me over. Great, thanks, DJ. Uh, we're glad to have you both here to talk to us today about how to get started in moderation. So all of us have been here doing this for quite some time, as we said, uh, 2015 and 2017, like Talon said, that's eons in the moderation world, right? Let's get started on how we actually started in moderation, right? Uh, let's talk about where we started personally and what helped us when we did. Well, I actually began in 2010 uh, with World of Warcraft communities, basically moderating and eventually leading uh, small groups of 100 people until a few thousand people. Uh, once that was uh, done, like a done part of my life, I moved over to Arma Free. It's uh, basically a military simulator. Older sort of audience, uh, more mature people. Uh, I helped fill out uh, one of their bigger moderation servers, and eventually that group went on to make a game called Identity, but I, uh, I quickly pulled out of that thing. And then eventually in 2017, uh, after a few years in my, under my belt, I joined uh, D-Testers, Discord Testers, actually in 2016. And I basically helped uh, a lot. I uh, helped with bugs, helped all sorts of kind of little things. And apparently they needed people in the EU. So uh, Dabit, the owner back then, asked me if I wanted to moderate. Then I said yes. And then slowly but surely, I worked my way up there. I joined Hype Squad as a moderator, eventually got into DMP, joined the Reddit, and slowly worked my way up to lead. It's a long and, and illustrious history. And it's, it's really, I mean, it, it probably makes sense, right? Given that it is Discord, that a lot of our, all of our beginnings sort of came from the, the gaming space and running or helping run communities, uh, you know, associated with one game or another. Um, what about you, Eliza? Uh, I got my start uh, pretty much only on Twitch. I had a few small chat room stuff before that, but... On Twitch, it started, uh, I was moderating for a friend of mine. Um, I met them on Twitch, had been hanging out in the channel for a while. And as the channel grew, they needed people. And from there, just branched out into more streams that I was doing because all the communities were like intertwined. They knew what kind of moderation work I did. So they had also invited me to join their team. And then at one point, I met the person I now community manage for who's classy Katie and since then uh, it's opened up a lot more opportunities for me to moderate since she's like a medium smaller medium-sized channel I, I was able to put it on like an application for a charity event that I did a few years ago it was uh, project 168 it was like a week-long charity event for uh, two different groups it was like extra life and i think special effects and from there that was the main branching point i was able to put that on different applications that cropped up there's a discord for people who moderate like partnered twitch channels and such um and they post like moderation recruitment i just started applying for them and i started getting accepted and that's when i really realized how much i actually enjoyed moderating and like keeping communities safe and making it friendly and enjoyable for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. So 
Actually, that that's kind of interesting. I'm kind of curious to dig in a little bit deeper. You, you mentioned that um, you know you had just met this uh, Twitch streamer sort of online, and you'd been hanging out. Like, was it an application that you went through, or was it more casual? Where it was like, oh, you're like a valued member of the community. Do you want to try moderating for me? Like, how how did that sort of happen? The first ones and the smaller ones were very community based. They just kind of gave it out to their friends, people they could trust, people they knew who would guide the community in a way that they wanted it to be, like people they could trust the beliefs of. So it was just like a friend of mine just casually sort of giving the sword. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I noticed from both of you, like the, the common theme here seems to be uh, starting small and sort of building your way up, uh, which I think is something that uh, makes sense in any line of work, really. Um, but it's really interesting how um, you know, we feel like it's like, oh, I'm just involved in this community and I am really invested and uh, care a lot about it. And suddenly you're in this position of power and you're like, uh, I can really shape what this community is like. And uh, that's a really awesome feeling, I think. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of curious, actually, whether the two of you, given your sort of experience modding, um, whether you've seen sort of situations where instead of, I guess, coming up the way that you two came up, which I think is mostly, you know, you start small and then you, you get progressively larger, whether you've seen people come into any of the communities that you help moderate in where they just sort of got thrown into it. It was like one day they were not a moderator and then the next day they were moderating, you know, a 10,000 or 100,000 person community. Have, have you seen that? And, and how, how have their experiences been different from yours? Uh, I've seen that before in um, a few of the communities I'm in um, because now a lot of them aren't necessarily like the super small close-knit like 10 to 15 people hanging out in chat it's like one two three four hundred people um, we open applications and we don't really base it off of past experience yeah past experience is a plus but if we think your personality is going to mesh well with like the community we don't really have like an elitist attitude like you should have started small you shouldn't just be in here to moderate it's more of this person wants to care for the community as much as you do so it really doesn't make a difference where they started to me cool dj i agree with uh what uh, eliza said uh whenever i have like a project going on i try to like isolate a little bit like usually when we do applications even before that before we even speak about applications i try to look around the server for individuals who i've seen going like the extra mile because i always feel that if you are trying to find good moderators especially for a specific sort of community you need to make sure that they're from the community and that they're like i used to say uh, that they're not just people sitting in their ivory tower if they have a connection with what they're doing there's usually necessary enthusiasm and aside from just being the moderator who like you know has the power to hammer i always feel that a moderator needs to be also versed into the community aspect of it because to me moderating is both so sometimes you have people who like they're they understand already what's happening they know the people there they're easier to diffuse situations because they're one of them they're not just that guy above them so i feel like whether you're big or small before you even try to become a moderator, at least in the projects I take care of, I honestly don't mind or care. I just I just want to see a passion to do it. Yeah, I, I think that actually um, ties in pretty well uh, immediately into sort of the next topic of discussion, which is, uh, you know, what the qualities that you, you look for in new mods are. And I think you've, you've both touched on a number of them uh, about sort of being willing or able or looking to help the community um, of, of sort of already being obviously present in the server and of it not just being about, you know, slamming a ban hammer, but also growing the community. Um, I, I guess beyond that, are there other qualities that you look for and also i think on the other side actually of the fence what are some immediate turnoffs that that you've seen in in the applicants that that you've uh selected or or passed on the qualities like i said that i really do like is people showing initiative before it even matters like people that you can see naturally trying to defuse situations or uh, someone joins the server they don't immediately know what to do they just like hey how you doing can i help you just help out of course there's the thin line between uh helping the moderators and as we call them people that like pretend to be moderators uh, the name actually <laughs> escapes me for a little bit uh mini modding i think i think is the word but um like there's a fine 
fine line between you, but people that like go the extra mile, like like I said before, before knowing that there's even a chance to become moderator, I think those people are the most honest out of the bunch. But then, of course, you get into the parts where people are like, you can't do this, or I'm going to do this and that. It, it, it comes to a feeling sometimes, and of course, having done it, a few times you can like some you can easily pick those people out they're like usually very pushy they they already start acting like they own the place even though there's not really anything to own and those sort of people who are like a bit too rough or they're like creating the atmosphere of i'm better than you because i've been here longer those are the people i usually try not to go to for moderation and uh, those are my turnoffs so to speak yeah adding on to what DJ said with uh, initiative and just general helpfulness. I think being open-minded and looking for candidates who are open-minded is probably one of the strongest things that needs to be done. Because as a moderator, the chat or the community isn't necessarily how you want to run it. There's going to be many times where you're going to want to argue about how some things run when if it's a community based off of like a streamer or a specific game or something like that there's a specific way that they want things done or how things have to be done and you have to be okay with that and not get hot-headed you have to let things pass by that you may not want and this isn't necessarily like a moral thing per se it's more of a you just can't do everything you can't do everything your way and it's definitely a hard thing to do and that's something that pushes people away from modding too if i notice someone is always arguing about the same thing in a chat more than likely they're going to get marked off next time moderator applications are opening. Uh, like I see that they're causing issues within the community for being hot-headed, not listening, that t sort of thing. Yeah, I I'm kind of curious there because both of you sort of mentioned like seeing them be a part of the community. I think that's, of course, that's a little bit easier if you have a smaller community, right? If chat doesn't scroll that fast, if like Twitch chat isn't sort of crazy, right? Or obviously on Reddit, I think you can look back through all of their post history. On Discord, you can see how they've sort of interacted with the, in the server. The, the sort of bigger the server is or the faster the chat scrolls, I think a little bit of time, it is it is harder to pick out specific people, right? You know, picking out a good person in a group of maybe 50 people, I think is relatively doable. Picking out 10 good people in a group of 50,000 people, I think is much harder. Is that something that you find as well? Definitely. Um, I've realized that the bigger your community goes, the more, I wouldn't want to say less hands-on, but it becomes way uh, harder to like find individuals at that point it comes down to basically doing like applications on like for google docs or something like a form uh, form applications and then it basically becomes a sort of selling idea like not really like selling yourself but it's like a you need to write out uh, questions and everything and then unfortunately at that point you're you're kind of at the mercy of whatever people write and that can be good or bad because sometimes the people that are not good writers but might be good moderators might get missed from that chance so i feel when it becomes too big it's probably like you'll have to go to applications but at the same time i don't think it's ever bad to keep looking around like scouting as they say i feel like scouting and work at any layer or any size but after obviously after a while you can't really know everyone anymore so Personally, I think when communities get to a certain size, it doesn't even have to be a certain size, really. I think moderator applications will play a huge role in that because it doesn't necessarily mean you have to select the application immediately. It shows the people who are interested in it. And at that point, you can then narrow down the list of people you're like keeping your eyes on for the good qualities, the bad qualities, the ones that you really have under the microscope for your mod team. And you can take time and evaluate that way after applications have been open a week, two weeks. Right. It's almost like you, you have like a pre-vetted list, I guess, right? Where you're just like, oh, I really hope that this person applies because I think that they would be, you know, pretty good. They've, they've demonstrated that they can like act well under pressure and, and stuff like that. Broadly, right, like one of the things that, that we see a lot is that there's always this like push-pull between people that say, oh yes, moderator applications are open and you just like, you send out a form to everyone and you just say, hey, if you want to apply, you can apply. Um, one of the other methods of moderation recruitment that we've seen is actually for it to be referral only, right? So instead of having a generalized form, you just say, hey, current moderators, can each of you nominate, I don't know, like three people that you think could potentially be a good mod and will work on that list only. Do you feel like that's better, worse, just as good? I think that system 
I don't know how I feel about it, really, because it leaves the potential out for a bunch of other candidates that you might not have thought of. Or if you limit it, what if there's that one extra person that you could have written down that maybe it could have been everyone's could have written down, you know? And so you have a wide set of just individual people rather than like a grouping of one collective person that people really like, if that makes sense. Yeah, it feels like it turns it maybe a little bit too much into like a popularity contest almost. Yeah, that and it also doesn't tell you whether or not the person they want is interested in moderating because not everyone's interested in being a moderator. Some people just like viewing, lurking, hanging out, chatting, that sort of thing. I, I feel like, like, like what Eliza said, there's a, definitely a popularity contest that could be attached. But however, I've, I've seen us do this, uh, us being DMP in some sort of ways. And I feel there's a little bit of merit uh, at some points to this system. Because, and I'm speakly, speaking directly as a, as a lead on this, but it gives me an idea, depending on who people choose, how well our members, and when I say our members, I mean like the current moderation team, is capable of figuring out candidates. Like, think of it as, an, it's obviously my responsibility to make sure everything runs smoothly, but I like to know that the people under me are capable of seeing gems like rough gems or like opportunities as well just like we can do on ourselves as having like the experience of it but it, it also gives me a moment to like see over the my own team and be like do you have good judgment skills about possible candidates and at the same time it makes me more comfortable if i know that they're good at picking people like next time when something happens and i need you to pick someone for me and my team i know that you have uh, a decent uh, head on top of your shoulders and you can see between good bad and etc yeah i think it almost ends up being this like interesting thing where right with a totally open like a anyone can apply moderator system i think you you have this situation where how, how does this thing go you know those who who want power should should probably not necessarily be the ones that are given power and i think it, it does turn into a little bit almost of a selling thing right people i think to dj's earlier point right people who may be good moderators but are either afraid or unwilling or are just not experienced at selling themselves may get the short shift there but i think that the of course on the other side if you're sort of doing moderation um applicants through referrals you run into the 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 popularity contest problem and you run into the problem of like oh just because everyone knows this person does not necessarily mean that they're actually a great fit to be a moderator or and i think that you might say oh this person should be a moderator and they're actually not interested at at all right um and and i i will say i think that maybe there's sort of a compromise um of of sort of amalgamating the systems and so maybe you start out with an open recruitment thing and then part of it is that you have your current moderators of course go through and and do um, a sweep and they're like oh this person you know participates a lot in the community this person has resolved some conflicts before this person is a little bit way too pushy and maybe not that um, but yeah I, I think we, we've seen sort of a, a number of different systems and and it's always interesting I think to, to see how new moderators are are selected yeah for sure um, you've mentioned a couple times that there's sometimes these people who uh, they don't want to be moderators, right? And I'm sure you guys have heard the feedback. Uh, I could never be a moderator. I would just want to ban anyone, whatever. Um, you know, somebody upsets me, I would just kick them. Like, how do you have so much patience? Uh, and while it's true that not everyone might have the same capacity to practice fair judgment, uh, what advice do you have to new mods about how to keep a level head and uh, act without bias? And uh, on the other hand, uh, do you encounter mods that are too timid to take action without checking with the team? And how do you suggest that they improve? I think my biggest advice to the ones who are really struggling to keep a level head is take a break when you need to talk it out with the other moderators. If you're having an issue with a specific person, there is a good chance the rest of the moderators might be having an issue with that person as well. But you have to keep open communication with the rest of the team in order to establish that, hey, maybe there is a problem here. Uh, but I definitely think stepping away and just taking a breather is probably the best way just to get your mind back in the game of where it should be. Uh, because you really can't be rude or too mean to uh, people in a community because you represent the title, company, whatever you're representing. You are a figurehead for them. And for mods that are too timid, I think... 
it's okay for a certain degree. If they're new, they're going to be timid. I definitely encourage like new moderators to ask as many questions as they can. Like I try and emphasize that no question's a stupid question because a lot of them are brand new moderators. Like I, I don't have an issue bringing people who have never moderated before as long as they're willing to learn. And I, it, it comes back to me, communication as well. If you think someone's being too timid, it's maybe a conversation you should have a have in DM with them. If you're someone who's either the community manager or lead mod, just like shoot them a DM. Maybe discuss why they're feeling timid, what sort of situations. Maybe they're having a misunderstanding on what is what sort of offense, like whether something's just to be deleted, it's a timeout or a ban, whatever. To, to your earlier point on taking a step back, I think that makes a lot of sense. I One of the things that, that I'm kind of curious if you have any words of advice for is like, what are the times that you, like, how should a moderator recognize that they're, maybe that they're in too deep and that it is time to take a step back? If you feel yourself saying anything at all that you even have the slightest hinge you're going to regret, <laughs> honestly... <laughs> Even if you're at that point, you're probably too far and you should have stepped back already. If you have the if you're at the point where emotion is leading the conversation more than logic or rationality, you should take a step back if your emotion is leading it. Definitely do. DJ, thoughts? Well, I can't really put them that much better than Eliza there. I, I completely agree with her in uh, the aspect that um Second opinions is what I call them. Second opinions are your strongest uh, trump card as a moderator. I tell the newest mods. Why? Because it's obvious they're new. Uh, they don't know everything about it. I, I don't expect anyone to who got through the applications or anything to just know everything from the start. Not everyone is, is a natural, and even that is not always good enough. So I tell them, like, defer judgment to someone else if you're not feeling comfortable. Uh, if you think you're too biased, once again... Ask other people. Uh, communicate with your with your colleagues. Sometimes someone else might have already figured something out that you might not have thought a different point of view. Um, it, it's actually even like some people will say, "Oh, I don't want to seem weak," or you know, or I want to see like I'm a bad moderator because I, I'm I'm pushing this away from me. But I think. It's actually a good show of self-knowledge and capabilities if you know where your own limits lie and they actually come to terms with that and obviously you can improve on them but knowing when something can be done by someone else is sometimes even showing better moderation than tackling it yourself when you know you might do it subpar. It is a trial by fire in some sense, right? Because I think both of you, of course, have, have dealt with brand new moderators who have who have never moderated before. And I think there's there's a certain point where it's like they're in training and it's like, okay, cool. They're training, they're reading, they're understanding the philosophy, they're understanding the processes, they're understanding the tools. And then, of course, you know, there, there's a there's a point where they have to sort of, you know, fly out of the nest and, and spread their wings. And sometimes they fly and sometimes they, they plop to the ground. Um, and, and I'm sure both of you have probably dealt with situations where these new moderators in maybe their first or one of their first interactions with the community, you know, maybe maybe it doesn't go too well. And the community is like, who is this? What are they doing? And, and why are you terrible? How how do you deal with a situation like that? Like, how do you reassure the moderator? How do you reassure the community? Like, how, how do you sort of, like, fix one of, one of those bad first impressions? Honestly, I've been lucky enough to not encounter one of the bad first impressions. Cause wow. <laughs> in a lot of the communities, we don't take modding someone super light. Uh, a lot of the problems actually seem to arise after they've, like, been established in the mod community for a hot oh. minute. Uh-huh. I don't know why it is, but none of the issues are ever first impressions. It's always something changes in the person or they, I, I don't know what it is, but something just flicks and they become different and it, everything just clashes with each other. Maybe it's a matter of uh, getting a little too comfortable. It could be, yeah. Or maybe burning out or, or something like that. Actually, hold on to that thought because I, I think we'll address that in just a second. Uh, DJ, thoughts? I've had a few situations here and there where something was said or done in a way it shouldn't have happened. 
not necessarily like the whole server seeing it, but when something like that happens, the first thing I try to do is uh, isolate in the sense of, I, I don't want to cover it up, don't get me wrong, but I want to figure out what happened, uh, how big is the damage. If it's not too big, maybe if it's like individual damage, like they might have mispunished a person, I would always say have a chat with them. Um, if necessary, I'll be the one representing them. This isn't the worst case, of course, but like try to get it figured out between the two parties. If there's two parties, uh, obviously, every even the people, like if it's someone that you chose out of the community and you can see they're trying their best, sometimes the community is understanding of that and they will and like they will not be as harsh on that person but i feel like like isolating it trying to figure out what's wrong and trying to fix it uh, where possible of course is probably the best you can do but at the same time just being like sorry community we have like a, a newbie here uh things happen might not always be the best option either but like eliza i've been lucky to say that I've never had like a, a big fallout happening, at least not in my projects, but I feel like sitting down with the affected parties and trying to talk things out, if it, if it comes to that point, of course, seems like the best way to go about it. Obviously, you also need to reassure them all because they did uh, nothing wrong, then obviously you need to tell them they didn't. If they did something, maybe have a chat with them, ask them if they understand what they did and why, they, why it was wrong. And if they do understand, I mean... You don't act like nothing happened, but you can see it as a as a a lesson a lesson learned. But if you do notice that something is wrong there, or that it's it's completely like you notice that this there is no fixing this, then perhaps it's necessary to like you know see if, if it's if it was a bad choice in the end, like the moderator or not, or if it's maybe best to like maybe a little bit more training and the like. But it really depends on case by case. Uh, hard question, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think that speaks a lot to your guys' uh, application and training processes that you've not run into this problem. Oh, definitely. Uh, I've, I've heard many uh, many stories about the Discord <laughs> moderator group, how uh, hard it is to get into there sometimes. So I, I think I think they also get vetted by, uh, well, vetted, not really vetted, but checked by Discord themselves. So it's like, we, try. We, we, don't, we, don't, we, don't get the, we don't get the bad apples. And when we do, we have both practical and theoretical ways to like figure out if someone is you know got here in by pure luck or not but yeah i think our our, our moderation uh, recruitment is pretty strict but n not unfair i mean it might it might require a little bit more pushing in the sense of maybe maybe a bit less strict at first and have a bigger pool but at the same time if it, the pool is too big you won't really find you won't really what is it you won't really see the trees anymore if you only see the whole forest i mean i know i turned that around but <laughs> <laughs> no, no it's a it's a it turns out it's a good metaphor either way um, so actually, re returning to Eliza, I, I think your really interesting comment and, and good point and also something that, yeah, we see a lot, right, is that people uh, come into the community, they, they, they become moderators, you're like, wow, this person's good, they're making good judgments, they're keeping the peace, they're growing the community, and then something happens or somewhere down the line it starts feeling like it's no longer a good fit right or maybe it just starts feeling like maybe they're checked out or maybe they're they're burnt out and i i think it, it's this interesting thing that you know for for most of us right moderating is not is not a job right it is it is purely a thing that we enjoy doing but i think it also has this tendency of being a, a hobby almost, right, that can, can certainly suck you in and that can uh, be something that you devote 20, 30, 40, maybe even more hours of uh, a week of your life to. Um, and, and so I think that the natural sort of cause of that is that it may result in things like burnout. It may result in uh, having, you know, so much ownership and, and so much responsibility and then feeling really frustrated when things don't don't go perfectly. Um, and so I, I guess actually it'd just be great to hear a little bit more of, of those experiences that you've had and, and how you dealt with those situations where you're like, wow, this moderator, you know, might have been great for, I don't know, six months, a year, maybe even more than that, right? But something is definitely off and and maybe they're not representing either themselves or, or even the entire community well anymore how, how did you deal with that and and how did you resolve that situation uh when it comes to situations where like a switch just flicks i mean it really depends on the severity of what happens 
Um, there's been a couple of times where moderation had to be immediately terminated because they were something. It just went completely off and like they couldn't be trusted with the power to do things anymore because it was being abused in one way or another. And then there's been other times where people just completely disappear. And those are, I think, some of the hardest because a lot of the time they won't respond to messages either. So you have like the concern in the back of your head of are they okay as well. So I think with burnout, you I think the biggest thing to avoid burnout, and I've also been learning this recently, is uh, establishing like friendship with the mod team, no matter what level you're in. Um, if I, I'm like learning that if you are good friends, like close friends with the rest of the mod team, you're going to see yourself being drawn back there. You're there. There's not going to be something necessarily to burn out from because they're your friends. It's like you want to go hang out with them and that it becomes another community within a community. That's really, that's a really good. And, and I think really interesting way of putting it right. That, that I think that a lot of mod teams may not necessarily be that, close and maybe that's one of the things that results in it feeling maybe even almost a little bit more like a job right where you're like oh this is my this is my responsibility that i have to shoulder but if you do have this sort of community within a community where you're like oh we're all enjoying the time that we spend together we all care about each other's lives then it it feels like it's a little bit less of a burden and a little bit more of a maybe just a shared experience right yeah yeah i think there could be um an interesting flip side to that though where you know these people are your friends and uh you might feel guilty not being around have you ever encountered that for example um if you really need a brain break like if you're like okay i need a mental health break sometimes it can be like oh do i want to tell like the mod team do i want to tell my friends that i'm not going to be around for a week and uh sometimes it's easy to feel like a mental health break isn't a good reason you're like oh i just like need to take a break and people are like why it's just like oh i just i just need time and uh have you ever encountered uh, a situation where uh, either you or like the rest of your mod team is like, that doesn't seem like a good reason, like why are, why are you leaving? Or uh, have you generally found that having uh, your mod team be close friends, uh, that they'll be more understanding of that? I think the mod team being close friends really helps it for people who need to take breaks because they can freely put. So a lot of my the channels and discords that I'm in will have two separate channels. It'll be like an off topic, just like free chat about whatever you want mod area. And then it'll be like important mod stuff. Don't spam this chat. And the free off topic one, like it's like a family. You can put anything there and no one's going to judge you like. If you need time off, people are going to offer to talk if you want to. And if not, then that's cool, too. People are going to, like, check up on you and make sure you're okay. Like, I don't think anyone in most of the channels are ever, like, super embarrassed or feel like it's not okay to put that kind of thing. Or they at least have the level of friendship with at least one other person in the mod team where they can at least tell them that they need to take time off so we're not all super concerned that they just, like, disappeared on us. DJ, how, how do you feel about um, me mental health taking breaks and, and burnout in, in DMP and the servers that you've moderated? And Reddit, for that matter. Yes, Reddit. Uh, I, uh, well, from DMP, I would say we care. When I say we, uh, obviously the little structure we have, we have three leads. Uh, well, obviously, you know, but not everyone. And we know it's a meme between the DMP, but we try to make sure or try to, like, not necessarily force, but push people not to... Uh, go too far. Balancing your health and workload, uh, because I love the enthusiasm by uh, our moderators when they say, oh yeah, give me all the available hours, uh, I'll be there at any time, and it shows people are really into it. However, I've noticed that when someone is overworked or like pushing themselves, that unfortunately those kind of things uh, leak into moderation. And what I mean with that is like, for example, uh, something happens and when you had a good night's sleep or when you did not have a good night's sleep, the outcome of how you moderate a certain situation, uh, let's say you're a bit more cranky, I guess, can be completely different than how you would normally handle it. Uh, these things can range from, like uh, Eliza said, having a switch flip because you something really bad happened or something as minor as uh, giving someone a very cranky answer. And I feel like 
you want to avoid those kind of uh, moments where you think that you're no longer capable of not necessarily clear thought, but where you feel like the way I'm moderating right now is not a real good representation of who I am or what we stand for as a community. So I feel like it's, it's important to make sure that people are not overworked. Uh, when it comes to Reddit, um, I'm a bit more uh, hands-on with them. Uh, it's, it's, it's funny. We, we have a, a very good relationship, actually, um, as well... As you specifically know, it's it's like a, uh, a dad with his ch- with his children, sort of. Uh, it's a very weird meme. Uh, I, I have uh, heard people call you uh, Daddy DJ, which is which yes. is interesting. That's cute. Yeah, I, I think it comes to the fact that every so often, a few every few months, I try to send them a DM. I'm asking them if everything's okay, if they're feeling well within the team, if there's something that might not be okay. Uh, I'm not necessarily pushing them to tell me about personal stuff because I feel like I'm not meant to be the person who pushes into them, but I want to make sure that they're feeling happy, that they're not feeling like they don't belong or that something is, is wrong. I want to make sure that it's a, a safe place. Uh, that's probably the word I was looking for, a safe place, and that they are both proud of what they're doing and that they feel like they belong and matter and i think because i I try to check up on them i I have my little chats with them i feel like that's why they started to make that meme upon me or that (laughs) joke about me uh i tell them i don't like that name and it's it's we i I don't have any children yet so it's kind of a bit weird but i do understand and like the fact that they're pushing a term of endearment to me well let's hope it's endearment uh, but like same thing i, I want to make sure same with dmp that the people not, not working under me that's like a wrong way to say but like the people i work with that they're feeling comfortable and happy and that they know that they can approach me uh i'm not that big scary guy sitting on the lead chair like hey you have to do my job for me i, I want to make sure that if there's something wrong they can come talk to me and I think when you know that the person, quote-unquote, who's sort of your boss, wants to listen to you on the same level as you, might help a little bit with not being as afraid to say, I have to take a break, or I'm not feeling too well. And I think bridging the gap between, oh, I'm your superior, but I'm also your friend, and actually, I'm just like you, I feel having that, having that knowledge to your moderators is very important. Because, well, obviously, mental health means everything if someone goes to uh breaks down or something bad happens then it's that means it, w- it went too far and we obviously do not want to drive our moderators in that sort of pit it's easy to feel like uh you're obligated to spend x amount of time like um you know you can get used to a routine where you're spending a lot of hours on moderating a week and it becomes like sort of a uh, oh, I need to spend this much time, otherwise I'm letting people down. And I think it's important to remember that in most situations, you are a volunteer, and it is completely okay for you to take time for yourself. And even if it were a paid position, like, um, it, if it's affecting your job, uh, you should, you know, take that in mind and, you know, take time for yourself, because uh, you wouldn't want to, uh, you know, be on the job in a situation where you can't do your job effectively. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Definitely. I, I feel, if I can chime in on that, I feel like if I ever have a moderator telling me they feel guilty because they uh, they have to take time off, I feel like I've failed sort of as a, as a lead or a mentor to make sure, to tell them that it's okay to prioritize yourself over moderating. Because the moment they feel guilty, it means that they feel they're doing something wrong. At that point, I feel like I've not done enough to show them that they are the imp- most important thing especially their well-being and their health. And it's not just all about business. It's not just all about moderating. It's also about the individual behind it, right? And that's, uh, I feel that that cannot be understated. Uh, There is a job to be done, so to speak, but the job should not be going over your own health. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because actually, (laughs) last night I was having a conversation with a lead moderator in a very large competitive FPS uh, Discord server. And one of the things that they had actually mentioned was that because of, you know, the, the throughout the recruitment process, they would have moderators come in and then, you know, maybe a month or two later, they, they would go AFK, right? They would sort of drop off, they would drop off the face of the earth, they would sort of stop moderating. And it, it's interesting actually to hear a lot of what you're talking about sort of almost seems like the offset, right? That everyone is super engaged and, and in fact probably a little almost sometimes probably too engaged right that they are they would rather moderate than 
perhaps pay attention to their schoolwork if they're in school or, or other stuff, right? And I think it really just speaks to, I, I think, a lot of the, the differences, actually, in the moderation community of, you know, how you select mods, what you're selecting for, and depending on, you know, the mods that you find and sort of the, the culture, I think, that, that they exhibit, you have different problems, right? Like, that, that server has actually a retention problem where they're like, how can I get people to stay? And it sounds like like the DMP maybe in some senses actually has a, hey, I need you to like take better care of yourself. Stop investing so much in this. So relating to what Sean was saying, how there are those moderators who will disappear after a couple of months, I definitely think communication across different platforms, whether it be if you're just a Twitch moderator, also having chats and whatnot within Discord and vice versa, just having open communication across different platforms is probably... The best bet just to learn about each other and make it so you don't want to disappear. You're engaged in other ways, hopefully keeping your interest as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and on the topic of other platforms, um, as we sort of end our conversation here with a final question, um, are there any noticeable differences uh, to consider when you join a mod team, like as a new moderator? Because um, I know, DJ, you're on Reddit and Discord and Eliza on Twitch and Discord. Um so when, when you join those mod teams, is there a difference in what teamwork looks like and what moderation itself looks like? I want to speak to that. Luckily, a majority, if not all of the Twitch channels that I moderate for also have a Discord, whether it be a community Discord or just for moderation. Uh, the community ones, most of the time, they will also be a Discord moderator. And it's usually not necessarily like just going through the channels and making sure you don't have to have a super close eye on the channel all the time sort of thing. It's just like a crossover. So you don't just have a sword on Twitch. People can also identify that if there's a problem, they can come to you on Discord and they see where you are role wise. And there's like differences between moderating on them as well. I feel like there's different tools for every platform um, that are like third party that will make the ease of use in moderation there. On on that, actually, I'm I'm kind of curious because I think in my experience and most of the stuff that I've seen, as it certainly as it relates to, I think some of the larger actually like subreddits that that have discords, they tend to have pretty different moderation teams, and and I suspect DJ will maybe speak to that a little bit more on the difference. But I guess I'm kind of curious on the Twitch slash Discord side. Is there a lot of overlap where someone will maybe notice something bad in Twitch chat while a stream is going on and then ping you on Discord about a Twitch circumstance? Do you ever have crossover like that? Oh, all the time. Almost all of our communications are crossover. There's no real good way to message each other on Twitch. Uh, the whisper system, like I get whispers four days after they've been sent to me. The easiest place is Discord to go and communicate. Uh, and then it also leaves a whole area where you can just see each other's messages and go back to it, quote, what message, that sort of thing. And then actually, I guess my other question is, is there a lot of crossover in the community itself where you're like, oh, this is this person that, you know, talks a lot on stream all the time. And this is also who they are on Discord. And if so, my follow up question is, do you ever have a circumstance where you're like, oh, I banned this person on on Twitch or Discord, I also need to cross ban? Like, I guess how closely when you're moderating, especially I think for a content creator, how closely do you sort of couple those two communities together? It definitely matters as to why they were banned. So uh, like self-promo and that sort of thing, we're not going to go and ban them on Discord if it was in a Twitch chat, unless they're going and doing it on Discord as well. But like pretty much all other circumstances, they're more than likely going to be banned on both platforms. Just because if they were banned for something, the communities that I'm in are rather laid back in terms of moderation. If they were banned, they got banned for something bad. So like they don't need to be in the community anymore. Right. If if they're if if they say something that is like hate speech on stream, you're not like, oh yeah, that's that's cool. You can just like keep existing on the Discord, right? And that's almost like an immediate like cross ban that we do. If someone gets banned on a Twitch channel, a lot of the time we'll screenshot what happened. We'll put their Twitch name in like a Discord message in the chat so it's easy, like searchable if anything comes up. And we'll also search if they're in the Discord at all. And if they are, we'll also get rid of them. DJ, what's what's moderation like on Reddit versus on Discord? I've had a, a little bit of time to think about this now <laughs> because 
Well, the three main pointers you have was recruitment, moderation, and teamwork. Quickly go over them. Recruitment can be the same, uh, can be similar. Why? I know for DMP and Discord, we both use a form. People fill in, they, you write a few questions, basically try to show us you know, what you're doing. We said before, credentials may help. However, I know that, especially for Reddit, we try to also go towards a side where we want to have new blood in there, as we say. Like, people that don't have, oh, I'm a moderator from uh, the Nintendo subreddit, or I'm one of the big guys from this and that. We try to go for rough diamonds, so to speak, so we can see like what's under the surface. Yeah, I think that perspective of having new blood is super important. Like, you want to make sure that you have questions, not only asking like, oh, what moderation experience do you have? But how would you handle certain situations? Because judgment is something that you can't necessarily teach. Whereas like, you know, mod tools or, you know, how you communicate within your team is definitely something that you can teach someone who is a perspective mod. And uh, speaking of perspective mods, I do have one more question for you guys. Uh, I just want to ask if you have any general advice for people who are looking to be new moderators or who are new mods. Uh, what's something that you wish that you'd heard when you were starting off? Probably just be yourself. You were moderated because you are who you are. Don't try and like change yourself too much because you were moderated. Just keep continuing to be you. Obviously, follow mods who are higher up in the chain like guidelines, but don't. Don't sacrifice yourself to be a moderator. And don't be afraid to unmod yourself if it's not a fit either. Yeah, I agree with what she said. You were chosen because people that decided thought you were going to do a good job. So don't instantly doubt yourself. Look around you to what your colleagues do. Uh, if you're not sure, ask other people of your team. Ask questions. Don't be afraid. And if you feel like it might be getting a little bit too much, take a small break. And remember, um, it's okay if you're not a natural at it. Uh, because not everyone is good immediately at diffusing situations or having amazing, amazing judgment skills. But putting in a little bit of effort and just going with the flow can make the most hidden gem turn into a uh, bright star. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's all a learning experience, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the thing that has come up time and time again, right, is is what Eliza sort of brought up at the very beginning, but that, that communication piece is the most important, that the journey of becoming a moderator and of becoming a good moderator is not something, you know, you're not, this isn't Athena sort of like fully springing out, fully formed from Zeus's head. I think it is very much a, a journey, right? And that no one sort of starts on day one with, with the sword or with mod powers and is like, ah, yes, I know everything and I will make right great decisions until the rest of the time. And I think a lot of it is, you know, coming at it from a humble approach and coming at it with the knowledge that you have teammates and colleagues and friends, right, that are there to help you learn, that are there to help you grow, who have seen probably a lot of the stuff before and, and can give advice. But also I think to keep in mind that like no system is perfect and to, to raise your hand and be like, hey, I think that we could, for example, do this policy better or maybe this process should be better and that things get better sort of slowly piece by piece and, and that learning ha also happens sort of step by step. Definitely. It's a walking, falling and getting back up experience. I, I think now we'll turn to some of the community questions that we've gotten over the past couple of weeks. As a reminder, we do have a open question channel in our Discord where you can ask our guests almost anything that you want, <laughs> and um, we will we go through the questions every week before recording and select a number of them to, to ask our esteemed guests. So I think the first question actually that ties in pretty neatly with the, the last topic that we were talking about is from AD1234. If you have moderation experience on one platform and are moving towards another, what skills do you think are most transferable and which skills do you think are most valuable to have on different platforms? I think pretty much all skills as a moderator tie in to each other no matter where you moderate. A majority of it is just open communications with the rest of the team, being able to keep a level head and learning to adapt and problem solve in any situation that may arise. Pretty much expect uh, the unexpected because it probably will come up. I can't put anything else in there because she 
immediately said the same things that I was uh, being, being communicative and interactive with your community, being flexible and adaptive, and of course being able to keep a level head. I mean, like she said, if you if if it works in Twitch, if it works in Reddit, it will probably work for Discord as well or anywhere else. Yeah, I agree. I I think the only thing that I would sort of add to that on my own two cents is that I divide moderation skills sort of pretty largely between hard skills and soft skills, right? Hard skills may be things like, oh, do you know how to configure auto mod, right, on Reddit? Or like, do you know how to use a specific bot on Discord? Or, you know, do you, I guess, also know how to use auto mod or Nightbot or something like that on Twitch? I think the soft skills are the ones that we're sort of talking about. And it's like, it's judgment, it's communication, it's empathy, it's stuff like that. And it turns out that if you have those soft skills, I think actually switching between platforms is more a matter of just like picking up the, you know, the, the small idiosynchronies where you're like uh oh okay this is how you use this bot this is the syntax this is whatever but like the large sort of fundamentals you should already have and it shouldn't be that much of a of a difference i think maybe actually the largest difference because twitch and discord are closer to you know real real time communication maybe the largest difference is just understanding the flow of each platform but i think that in the long run those differences are actually not that big yeah, I, I think they, they all have uh, different thresholds as far as like, for example, spam, you know, on Reddit, it's just like, oh, they're putting a lot of posts within like a day or something that's like considered spam. In Twitch, it's like they're sending a lot of messages in, I don't know, it, it actually depends because some Twitch communities welcome spam. So uh, that's a whole that's a whole thing <laughs> in its own. Uh, but then in, in Discord, it's pretty obvious. It's like, oh, they're just posting garbage or saying the same thing over and over again. So yeah, just knowing the knowing the platform and knowing what's expected for sure. So the second question that we have is from Benchlord0998. And it, we've definitely talked a lot about this already. How large of a role do you think that talking to other moderators has in learning to moderate? And how can you go about finding mentors or moderation hubs that provide advice and information that may otherwise be hard to learn on your own? So we've definitely talked about talking to other moderators on your team itself, but they do mention moderation hubs. Do you guys have any experience with those? And how do you go about finding those? And how valuable do you find them? And actually, just one more thing that I think this question sort of indirectly touches on is I'm kind of curious to get your thoughts on how much like learning should come from other people and how much of it should be based more maybe on what I call static resources, right? Like I think most moderation teams have a guide or have an intro or have depending on how large you are, maybe like a 30 paragraph, like, you know, six page thing on what their moderation policies are. How much do you think they should be learning sort of directly on a hands-on basis from other moderators? And how much do you think they should be relying on those resources? I personally think the heaviest lean should be on the resources. Other mods are definitely a great resource, but you have to take what everybody else says with a grain of salt because everyone else is also led by their own values and morals. So you can learn valuable stuff from them, but take it with a grain of salt because everyone's going to think differently and every community is going to be moderated differently as well. So you have to be willing to learn and readapt as you're moderated in different communities. And I don't really remember how I found the uh, moderation hub that I'm a part of, which is Moderation Station. I just sort of rolled into it one day and it's been an invaluable resource. Like I have found so many channels, so many people, so many new resources I probably never would have even heard of if it had not been for these moderation hub hubs. For me, I would like to touch on the thing of the mentor. I feel like it's very important. The role of the mentor, I feel like it's very important because as a mentor, they, if, if you, obviously we speak about good mentors, if you have a good mentor, they try to pass off their best qualities, knowledge and skills onto their mentees, of course, like what, what you should do in certain scenarios, situations, what, what you can do, what is best. I feel like they can be the, the right push uh, if you have a good mentor in making difference between having a good moderator and one of those shining stars that I was talking about earlier. However, like Eliza says, documents are also pretty important, but I feel like being entirely on the theoretical, you cannot cover everything, and I've noticed in some of our trading rounds, if we have someone who was entirely schooled by resources, that their chances of having adaptive qualities within an actual situation were small because they were like 
but this wasn't covered in the documents. What do I do now? <laughs> Unfortunately, obviously, you can't, like, it, it depends on the person. Some people can, like, adapt a resource into everything, but I feel like a good training should be both, like, documents and actual practical examples with a training grant, for example. Uh, I'm sure it, it exists everywhere, but I feel like it, the, the mentor plays a critical role in making sure that they understand that just the training documents are not everything. There's also situations that you cannot uh, predict, but those is obviously where you require to be adaptive or flexible, so to speak, right? Absolutely. And I unfortunately cannot speak about any hubs or anything because the biggest moderation hub I guess I have is DMP and they give me plenty of projects and I haven't had any real time to really look into joining <laughs> other hubs of the sort because you guys keep me busy plenty. So. So we've talked a lot about, you know, the training documents and all of that. And so this ties into the next question from Lost1035. They ask, what would be the best way or system that engages training and or helping new moderators understand the basic core of how XYZ community is moderated and how would that be approached? So we've talked a lot about documents. Is there any other sort of training that you do and what does that look like that keeps your new moderators engaged? In, in a perfect world, I, I think both actually curious like how you do it today and in, in a perfect world, if you had all of the resources, how would you structure a training program? I usually see documents and that sort of thing in the larger moderation communities, whether that be like esports or the charity or speedrunning events. I think a lot of the actual learning for new moderation is done by doing, other than the resources you've already been provided with. I don't know if I'd necessarily implement an entire training program at all if I had the resources. I think it's definitely important to learn how to moderate on your own. I mean, resources are definitely there for you and they're they're more than just documents, the resources. They're programs, whether it be like Chatty, that's a really big one used on Twitch for moderation. It's learning how to use those as well. But other than that, you kind of just got to jump in there and get going, ask questions with what you have questions on and just learn. So hands-on more than anything else. Yeah. Totally agree there. That's what I had as well. Like, For me, it's documentation and a hands-on approach because providing the docs for the moderators, it's, it's to learn from, obviously with some questioning because your moderator can say, oh, I've read all of it, but they, uh, they might not have. But <laughs> to me, it's, like, it's a good thing to get things started. Like You're starting things, but whether it's a training ground or just actual uh, experience is where it comes. Like To me, it's when the mod passes the, the theoretical part. It becomes a matter to me of pairing newer and older mods together. And I'm obviously speaking as a DMP project person, so I always have to like decide on people. But I try to pair newer and older mods together into communities so that they can get the actual experience to develop. Because you don't get experience by just reading a book or anything. You need to do it. So especially the first project, it, I feel it's crucial crucial because uh, the new mods are usually obviously kept an eye on and then you have the foundations that we gave them on a, a pre on a theoretical basis they can be cemented with actual experience that they gain organically within the servers but I feel like one cannot exist without the other you don't just throw them in a server without giving them like uh, the theoretical <laughs> part but you also should actually have the uh, the push to put them in the server after they've learned it on, on the paper because otherwise you can never see how they will handle and obviously it will be a little bit of falling it might be a little bit of cranking the wrench here and there but eventually I think both can create a amazing moderator whether or not they had any natural skill at it or not yeah, I think of it a little bit like, you know, swimming or something like that, right? Like you can read all of the books in the world on form and technique and whatever, but until you get into the water, like you don't know how to swim, right? And I think once you get into the water, like A, you don't throw people directly into the deep end and you're like, well, I, I hope you live, right? It's like you try and ease them into it. You try and ease them with shallows, like maybe, right? Like they have floaters, maybe they have a partner with them. And that's the thing that allows them, I think, to get comfortable until eventually, right? Like, and maybe eventually is a weekend, maybe eventually is a month in, right? Like depending on sort of the length of the training process, but hopefully eventually they are able to swim by themselves in the deep end, you know, and, and whatever, do a thousand laps, win an Olympic medal. Yeah, it's eventually it becomes like breeding. Like when you say swimming, if, if you jump in a pool right now, you probably know how to swim and it's because you have that basics, a uh, basis. And with the experience now, it becomes a natural thing to do. And I feel like you cultivated that by both the training of the theoretical and the hands-on together. 
Yeah, and I also think a lot of the newer moderators, like brand new to moderation, they're usually the ones who start out in the smaller communities, I feel like, for most of the time. So, or at least they're going to start out anyway. They're going to be hanging with the community for a while. They're probably going to know and notice what's getting nuked and what isn't and that sort of thing and then the documents are for people who already pretty much know how to moderate and just need to know like specific guidelines on what that community needs all right cool 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 i think that reaches the end of the time that we have today um eliza dj it was great to have you uh of course i think we we talked about uh actually frankly a, a lot of things both in uh selecting new moderators finding moderators um how to make sure that they don't burn out, when to take a step back. And of course, I think the the overwhelming thing, if you take one thing away from this, you should take away that communication is by far the most important thing. And so, yeah, with that, any, any last words from uh, either of you? Eliza, anything you want to plug? <laughs> oh my God. I will plug my Twitter. My Twitter is at E-L-I-Z-A-K-U-C. DJ? I think I want to plug two different things here. I want to plug Dabit Prime. He's uh, someone who used to work at Discord. He's the reason I, I even got involved with Discord moderation. He used to own D-testers. He's, uh, he's an amazing guy, I guess. I also want to plug my own Twitter. I mean, I'm not the biggest Twitter guy, but it's just twitter.com slash DJ And that's, well, people write Sias wrong, but it's just S-C-I-A-S, or DJ Sias. And that's it. Just thank you for having me here. Yeah, thanks for having me as well. Yeah, it was a pleasure to have you both. Absolutely. All right, and that is it. As always, I should I say as always, except I think we have broken that already. Hypothetically, we are recording on a two-week cadence, but regardless of when the next episode goes up, you can find us at modcast.network, twitter.com slash modcastpod, twitch.tv slash modcast underscore podcast, and discord.gg slash modpod. Good night and good luck. The Modcast podcast is staffed entirely by moderators across various platforms. Our hosts are myself, Kyrie, and Sean. Panley directs. This episode was produced by Angel and edited by Brandon. Joe is our engineering lead. Social and design lead is Dan Humphreys. Our social media managers are Drew and Delight, and Ahmed and Ash helped write content for this episode. <laughs>